What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yo, if y'all out here listening, if you want to get paid in tech, hear what I'm about to say. Listen. Motivation is money. Okay. Everything comes down to business. IT cybersecurity only exists as an extension of the business for them to accomplish their goals. If the systems go down, they can't make money. Yeah. If IT goes down, they can't make money. If they're hacked, you got headlines, stock prices oh, are affected. Bad. It's yeah. all about money. Fines and penalties for not being compliant. It is all about money. Yeah. They don't want to make the investment. They have to. Yeah. Yo, so here at Tech is a New Black, we've had the wonderful opportunity to have guests on who talk about breaking into tech, some discuss scaling in tech, and then others, of course, launching your own tech business. Uh, but we have a guest today, a first-time guest ever, who can't just talk about breaking into tech, can't just only talk about scaling in tech, or even just talk about launching his own business, own IT business, but he actually is set up to actually help people break into tech with his own program. Y'all, our guest today, he helps IT professionals get six-figure careers in this industry. His name is Boyd Cluis, and we are very excited to have him on at Texas New Black. Bro, thank you so much for being on here. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. And I, man, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on because I, I feel like a lot of the things that, that you're already doing are things that we have like plans in the future to do. And I love, I mean, first of all, I love what you do in general. Uh, but second off, I love our audience kind of being able to be exposed to someone uh, like you and like what it is that you're doing. And so, uh, man, very happy that you came. You came all the way out from Dallas and pulled yeah. up on us uh, here in Atlanta, bro. So thank you so much. I know you have you have a thousand things going on. I know you have a, you have employees, you have other people <laughs> helping you out with stuff. But still, man, it means a lot uh, for you to you know come here and spend your Sunday evening with us. Oh, definitely, man. I love what you're doing. And uh, I jumped at the opportunity. It's like, um, it's not too many people, especially that look like us in the tech space, because yeah. usually there's some type of competition. And I remember the first conversation we had, I was like, I told you, there's plenty for all of us. No, so, so much, man. You know, so anytime we can collab, I'm all for it. Yeah, man, I love it so much. Yeah, it, it's un it's unfortunate. Um, and this isn't really on topic for us to talk about. But again, we can uh, get to like the, the topics at hand. But yeah, to that point, it is really unfortunate where... First off, there's not many of us in this industry. Yeah, more of us are entering this industry. Yes, companies are doing more to be more open, some even being celebratory of people who look like us being in this industry. But then many of us who are in this industry that have some of the information to help others aren't really taking the opportunities to collaborate because it's kind of becoming this weird thing where it's like, I believe in competition. I love competition, but I'm a huge fan of like, 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 
good competition where it's like, yo, I want to see you become better. Mm-hmm. I want to become better. I want to see you grow to challenge me so I could grow and I could do other things. And then, yeah, let's collaborate together and do dope things together, but not this weird competition where it's like, hey, you know, we're all making six figures. Some, you know, some like yourself, seven figures. And, you know, Eight. people are making really good money. Oh, excuse me. My bad. Yeah, you're <laughs> totally right. You're, you're definitely, my math is actually totally off. Yeah, it, my bad. My math is totally off. You're definitely at eight figures. Yeah. I just, I just see, that's why I'm not a mathematician. I'm in tech. I'm not a mathematician. Yeah. Eight figures like yourself. And it's like, yo, whatever, whatever number or bracket that you're in, it's like, yeah, we can all get more, but it's like, like you mentioned, it's so big out here it's like mm-hmm. yo we can collaborate and yeah you'll get some of my potential business i'll get some of your potential business but it's like at the end of the day one first and foremost we're helping people exactly and second off we're, we're both still gonna win like you know a rising tide raises all ships yep uh so again appreciate you so much dude uh for coming on man i know our audience is gonna get a lot um from this conversation from the nuggets and things you're gonna have to drop uh so yeah so anyway just want to give you a few flowers uh before we we uh, went ahead and got started i appreciate that man yeah, man. So that being said, so let's talk about it. So your journey uh, breaking into tech, because I know initially uh, from your story, from what I've seen, you actually were a college dropout. Yep. So how did you go from being a college dropout to getting into this industry? Uh, it's it's funny because my transition to tech actually started because I was being lazy. Uh, I was working at this copier company in Dallas and headquarters was in New Jersey. Anytime somebody's computer would break, they would have to pack up the laptop and ship it to New Jersey. And since I was working in accounts receivable, having to fix billing errors, I had to assume the other people's work. Okay. And I was like, no. So one of the things, and that helped me lead to, I, I got these principles and guidelines I live by, but that actually helped me to figure out one thing is, when you find problems, you can either complain about it or find a solution. And so what I did was, I got on the good old Googles, and I started mm-hmm. teaching myself how to fix the issues that was coming up. Yeah. So there was like some virus removal, some patches that needed to be installed, drivers that needed to be rolled back. So I was able to do it myself there. Yeah. And then when the company laid us off, I decided to just make the full-blown transition into tech instead of keeping myself in accounts receivable because I was not making any money doing that. Yeah, man. So, bro, it's so funny. I've had a couple guests, including myself, where many of us just Google stuff. One of the funny things I I see a lot, and I'm sure you've seen this a thousand times, is where people, obviously, we're here to answer questions. We're here to help people out. But sometimes people will ask questions where it's like, yo, you literally could have just Googled that and Google would have provided an answer yo, for yo, you. Yo, there, there's a, there's a, you ever heard, let me Google that for you? Oh, no, I haven't. What is that? So there's actually this website, let me Google that for you. So yeah. you go to it, you copy the, I'm not going to say dumb thing, the question they should have asked Google and you put it in there and it creates a link. And when the person clicks the link, it shows this little hand type in that question into Google. Oh. And the, <laughs> dude, that is my ultimate petty response. Oh like, why are you asking me? You just, just let me Google that for you. I need to use that. <laughs> yes. I need to start using that. Yo, that's the perfect man. That's literally, because usually my response is nine times out of 10, you know, the way we have like little automated responses and stuff set up on social media. Or like whatever, uh, like your own website, wherever. But like mine, usually the automatic response, people ask, hey, I'm trying to get into tech. You know, how can I get into tech? Automatic responder sends out a list of different ways. And um, it'll have like a FAQ to say, hey, if you have any additional questions, check out the FAQ section, link in my bio. Uh, 
And then they'll follow up. Hey, I just got a couple questions. Then I'm like, hey, did you check out my FAQ <laughs> section? They'll ask a question. I'm like, literally, like some people wait two months. I'll DM, did you see the answer to your question yet? No, what's the answer? I'm like, it's in the FAQs that two months ago, you, between now, two months ago and now, you never looked at. You know? And so, um, but but I, I do think sometimes that's somewhat telling of, I'm not going to say again, I'll talk about this. I'm not going to say that that kind of person would never fit in tech. But it's like, yo, like, if you're not willing to just do like a little bit of digging, a little just bit, a little just, bit. you know, un poquito, you know, <laughs> just, that's like the, the, speaking a little bit, that's a little yeah. bit of Spanish I know. Uh, but it's like, yo, just do just a little bit of, of research and work. It's like, yo, like maybe like that, that's, that's at least one thing I think is very important uh, for people um, looking to, to get into this industry. But so anyway, so you dropped out of school, uh, you, you got, got into, you got into tech and, but from at what point did you transition into cybersecurity? So that was probably about four years of being into tech because I actually started on the help desk since it was a natural transition for me since I was yeah. already doing break fix. I went to work for some uh, MSPs, managed service providers, and it was like the coolest thing ever. I well, hated it at the what, point. What is that? Managed manage service providers? So small, there's um, many small companies out here that can't afford an IT department, oh, so they okay. outsource it to a company that provides the outsource service. So I worked for that company and they had like 40 clients. So it was like automobile dealers, doctors, finance companies. So I was supporting a whole bunch of different industries and I grew like crazy. It was just like a lot of information. And so I did that um, for about three years and then I started working at a software company and that's when they put me in the knock. So I was working overnight, um, doing server monitoring, all that good stuff. And during that time, I was trying to, Ask people, what do I need to do to get into cybersecurity? Because I saw that was the way to go. Because this is like 2014. And so they were like, well, you need to get this certification, this certification. I was like, all right. So I did it, right? Mm -hmm. And nothing really came from it at that point. But what happened was, <laughs> this is so funny every time I got to tell it. I was working nights. So one day my manager called me and he asked me to come into the office during the daytime. I was like, man... This is about to be like an episode of Friday. I'm about to get fired on my day off. That's funny. <laughs> and so he was like, hey, Boyd, I need your help. I heard you had interest in cybersecurity. We're about to fail this security assessment. Go look over in the conference room, and you're going to see exactly why. So I walk over to this big glass conference room, and I look in, and there's a guy that's leading the security assessment for the company sleep in front of the auditor. I'm talking about, like, he's sitting as far as way as me and you right now, and he's... He was like, so are you willing to step up and take this over? We'll move you to the day shift. I was like, yes, yes. And so from then, so that the, the uh, assessment was PCI DSS, which is payment card industry data security standard, all about credit card data security. Yeah. And so that's when I actually made the transition into cybersecurity. It was that moment. If that guy hadn't fell asleep, I have no idea. Man. That's actually crazy, <laughs> man. It's 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 wild, man. Even for him to like to mess that up, it's like, were you sleeping on it? Like, bruh. Nickname was Sleepy Boo Boo. Man, <laughs> y'all crazy. What um how long? Like, I guess how long was it for you to actually make that transition? Oh no, bro. This was instant. Oh no no no. no. So like. PCI assessments, once they, once they start, it does not end until you were either compliant or not compliant. And it was actively going on. So I had to download the 400-page standard over the weekend, 
and figure out where we were in the company and then try to navigate through that. Yeah, it was nuts. It was stressful. That sounds stressful. Yes. That's wild. Hey y'all, we have some incredible, incredible news that I'm super excited about to finally announce our private tech community. Yes, yes, you heard that right a private tech community exclusively for you all who want more than just a podcast, you want more than just the FAQs, you wanna talk with tech recruiters, you wanna talk with, with hiring managers, you wanna talk with coaches, you wanna talk with people that can help with editing and rewriting your resume. Maybe you're somebody where you just wanna be a part of a community where we're talking about updates of what's happening in the software industry. Y'all, this community that we've launched is also going to involve a Discord where we're gonna be talking about updates in tech, we're gonna be talking about companies that are hiring. We're gonna be talking about upcoming tech events. So that way you don't have to miss any of the gems that I know, but not even just what I know, but the gems that friends of mine that are also in the tech industry know as well. So if you wanna be a part of that community, go ahead and sign up so that way you can join us. We have a few different tiers. Ultimately, it's all tuned in for you. Oh, and last thing, also within this community, we're gonna be streaming all of our interviews with our podcast guests. So instead of you having to wait months to watch the videos later on, you will actually be able to watch the interviews in real time and ask your live questions to those guests. So make sure you join our tech community. But so, so with that, so obviously that company was seeing the, the value of, of cybersecurity. What we've seen since then and just throughout the years is that cybersecurity, the demand for cybersecurity has been growing through the roof. Oh, yeah. It's been getting insane. I mean, even even in terms of like some of the layoffs with some big tech companies, and I always tell people all the time to not like really get so fixated with layoffs with big tech because most of them overhired during the pandemic mm-hmm. anyway. So now they're just kind of getting back to like what, like what makes sense. And then right. there's always more companies that they don't know about that are hiring in tech than the ones that are laying off. Uh, but that being said, one industry or role that I, I personally have never seen layoffs for, and it's like if there are, I'm sure it's very rare, is cybersecurity. The demand is just growing, yep. and more and more companies are hiring for it. And then even like there are companies I'm seeing that are just cybersecurity companies where yep. they just get contracted or get work with other companies where they're like the cybersecurity firm. So why is cybersecurity growing? So there's, it's growing for a number of reasons. Number one, the threat actors are increasing significantly. Mm-hmm. So you got um, Russia, Chinese influence on our technology, meddling in elections, et cetera. And the reason why that's able to happen is because companies don't have the security protocols in place to stop that. Mm-hmm. The second thing is because privacy issues are growing. Data is becoming like, data is like the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? precious commodity yeah. out there it's like oil right now exactly yeah. and so with that being said new regulations are coming out like gdpr that's in europe all about personal data protection and then you have california that's establishing their own privacy act and then you have depending on the industry credit card data security you have all these things that um regulations that companies have to follow and they got to do that every year and so what people don't realize is like these privacy regulations and assessments that the companies have to go through are not projects. It has to be a way of life. So mm-hmm. they got to have the staff on site to actually support that. Yeah, this and, isn't something yeah. to just have a person do really quickly and fix something. It's like, no, we have to have someone here or people here doing this consistently. Yep, every single day, every yeah. single day. Yeah, my bad. I literally jumped in and started. No, no you're good. Company. No, yeah. but that's, that's straight up, man. And then you got technology is just 
evolving. I mean, you got cars out here driving themselves now that are always connected to the internet. And if it's connected to the internet, it means that thing could, could potentially be hacked. be hacked. Oh, I never even thought about that. Yep. Man, you know, so that just has me thinking about things. Even talking about being <laughs> hacked. Uh, are you familiar with uh, Neuralink mm-hmm. with uh, Elon? So uh, I've heard one of the fears that some people have is <laughs> oh that. So so first off, let me address what it is because I'm, I'm just talking. I'm literally just talking to you, but I'm like talking to the <laughs> audience here. So Neuralink is uh, and this is going to be a, a oversimplification, uh, but essentially what Neuralink is, it is think of someone who maybe can't walk. Like they're paralyzed and they're paralyzed maybe because as we all know, what controls all the functionality in our body is the brain. And maybe there's a certain area on their brain that's damaged and that's the area that controls or that connects the mind to the legs to tell the legs to actually move and to work. Or maybe even if a person might be blind and they're blind for the same reason, there's that disconnect or some type of uh, error that's keeping the brain from sending a message to the eyes that's translating into vision. Uh, for that person. I mean, you could apply that to any body part that you want to. Neuralink is a way where uh, they're essentially using hardware and software to allow people who can't walk or their brain isn't able to connect to their legs to essentially allow those uh, paralyzed people to be able to walk finally or people who are blind to be able to see. And again, because it is using technology, hardware Mm -hmm. and software, there is a fear that some people have that, hey, what if people themselves get hacked like they're robots? And they're not robots, but it's like, you'll be conscious, you'll know who you are, and yep. you'll be like, this is me. But because someone <laughs> has hacked you, they've hacked your neural link system, right. someone is literally making you do stuff. Can, <laughs> can you imagine you know? what that would do to the legal system? Trying to explain, it wasn't me. No. I didn't, I didn't kill that dude. Look, I, I'd, be the, I'd be the person to, to beat somebody up during road rage and be like, it wasn't me. It was Neuralink. Neuralink made me do it. That would, you know, that would be a trending hashtag. Neuralink made me do it. That, that'll give a whole new meaning to the, uh, what was that song? It wasn't me. Right. You gonna Shaggy. Go in the shower? It, w- it was Neuralink. It was Neuralink. Neuralink. All right, cool. All right, all right. Wilder, right now we wilding. So, but no, but but, but to that point, uh, so so you're saying that um, that people in cybersecurity essentially, even Neuralink, that they would most more than likely have either a cybersecurity team or they will be outsourcing to a cybersecurity company to make sure to ensure, hey, that that our people, real people, aren't being hacked. Yep. And so one thing that I want to clarify is, you know, I talked about the risk and the the threats and everything. But that's not the motivation behind companies hiring. Yeah, what's, what's, the, what's the motivation? And so, like, yo, if y'all are out here listening, if you want to get paid in tech, hear what I'm about to say. Listen. Motivation is money. Okay. Everything comes down to business. IT, cybersecurity only exists as an extension of the business for them to accomplish their goals. Mm-hmm. If the systems go down, they can't make money. Yeah. If IT goes down, they can't make money. If they're hacked, you got headlines, stock prices oh, are affected. It's yeah. all about money. Fines and penalties for not being compliant. It is all about money. Yeah. They don't want to make the investment. They have to. Yeah. It's about money. Man. And so most IT guys never make that correlation with business, and they start... All this nonsense about saying no when the company wants to do something. Oh, we can't do this. Insecure. One thing in your career that you should learn as a tech professional: never tell the business no. Yeah. It's how can we make this done securely? 
Yeah. It's about business. I, I love that yeah. so much. I think about um like there's an opportunity, like there's an opportunity in the thing that seems impossible or it seems like you're not supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, even thinking about when um and I'm not sure how true this story is, but this is a story about I, I heard of how the mouse was created. And I heard that Steve Jobs was the person that came up with the idea of the mouse, where the story goes that I heard that um, that he was telling his his uh, team of, of engineers, hey, I'm just envisioning like something right here next to the keyboard where I'm able to move my hand around and it's controlling what's on the screen. And I'm able to like manipulate and do things on the screen. And according to the story, his team had told him, what? Like, <laughs> that's impossible. You know, and I know to, to us, it's like, oh, it's just a mouse. It's not a big deal. But I mean, you have to imagine before the mouse existed, mm-hmm. it's like that actually sounds really crazy. Right. But when they told him that they were like, that's not possible, that his next response was he fired them Straight and up. told told his the hiring managers, find me uh, engineers who can do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, and guess what? Some people came along and they were like, we don't know how, but we're going to figure out how to do it. Exactly. So there's amazing opportunity in the thing that seems impossible. Yep. Um, and so now, so I just love that. You just had me, um, had me think about, it. I need to look that story up to actually see like if that, because first of all, I don't even know if Steve Jobs, the one, if Steve Jobs slash Apple were the ones <laughs> coming up the mouse, which wouldn't be shocking if they were. Cause I mean, what, back then it was them and Microsoft and, uh, and IBM, like mm-hmm. it was really just, just, just those three, um, uh, that were kind of taking a lead. So as we're, as we're talking about cybersecurity, uh, my question is how lucrative, because again, we, we talked about like roles in cybersecurity, which is dope, but it's like, then we talk about, okay, a cybersecurity business as well. So whether we're talking cybersecurity or a cybersecurity business, like how lucrative is like that industry, those roles, like how lucrative would you say that is? So it could be very, very lucrative to be mm-hmm. specific. Um, an individual person can make, of course, six figures plus, yeah. but Six figures is just like that's so that it's so much ambiguity in that. What does that really mean? So specifically yeah. in the space that I operate in, and I like to be honest and transparent. Most of the guys that are in my space that do like the the GRC consulting, etc., they make anywhere from up to like two hundred fifty k. Oh man, that's that's good. Just a nice little quarter meal. <laughs> yeah, nice little quarter meal. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, so, 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 but when we talk about like a cybersecurity business, uh, like what does that look like? Uh, uh, essentially, maybe for someone who has a cybersecurity business. Now that's completely different. So mm-hmm. we're talking several millions of dollars there. Yeah. And so, generally speaking, depending on what the cybersecurity business is, the name of the game is providing services, right? Mm-hmm. Because just like when I started working for the small company, the MSP, when I started, there are certain companies that have these regulations and things that they need to apply for. Because like security is the name of the game. It's becoming so important that bigger companies, because of the insurance policies they have, they can't do businesses with companies that aren't compliant and meeting certain recommendations and standards and everything. So the companies have to bring in external like pen testers and consultants Mm -hmm. to help them um, get their their systems compliant so they can get those regulations. So doing that, man, and consultants, man, they be billing 500 plus dollars per hour to provide your expert opinion. And the consultant, you don't have to do the work. You get paid to tell people what to do. Like, man. That's the spot to get to. Like when you're advising, you're basically getting paid to talk. Yeah. That's, man, that's fire. Like how, how does someone even step into that? 
So I'm, I'm glad you asked that because certain people, they just try to jump right into it. Because first of all, you can't advise someone of an expert opinion if you're not an expert. <laughs> Literally. <yeah. laughs> but I mean, it's a lot of people out here that be trying to do that, though. So I'm going to be a consultant. I want to be just like you and be a consultant. I'm like, but, but what you going to consult on? Yeah, that would be like, insane. Yeah, yeah. People, there are definitely people that are like, how much do you make? You do what? Okay, how do I get there? Or, or they're just like, I just want to do it. <laughs> it's like, no. No, it's so. like, who? I'm gonna slap it on my LinkedIn. I'm gonna slap it in my bio on social media. I'm a, I'm a cybersecurity consultant. And it's like, yeah, that's not gonna end well, buddy. Yeah. But it really starts like so. My knowledge and things came from the trenches because like, what what I became was uh, basically a consultant for credit card data security because yeah. I like know the standard forward and backward, right? And that was the industry that I worked in. So I understood the problems that the companies faced internally, and I could empathize with the business owners and the executives and everything. And I also knew the technical aspect to be able to help them. So that helped me make this transition as, as being a consultant because I had the experience. And so, like, yes, consulting is pretty much the easy life, but you got to work your butt off to get to the place. So it's not just like a quick leap. I'm, I'm going to be a consultant. It's like, nah, bro. You really got to pay your dues in that one. Yeah. Got to pay your dues. Man, you know, um, uh, so, so um, for those listening and watching, y'all, y'all might not know this. Uh, but we, we talked about this earlier. And, I mean, you already know because you saw um, one, of the, one of the guests uh, leaving out. Uh, but we, we batch record. So, like, for instance, today we've had uh, seven, seven, like, amazing, wonderful guests on. And, but... One of the themes that I've seen all day today, and maybe Rhea and Eric, uh, they, they definitely would agree with this. The consistent theme that I've heard today is just like, yo, like you, you have to work mm-hmm. like in this industry, you know, whether we're talking cybersecurity or others, but it's like, yo, you, yo, you, you gotta come to work. And I, I appreciate that. I appreciate just the audience hearing that because it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, you make great money in this space. Even if you just want to work a job, or if you want to scale, you know, further to like a leadership position or if you want to, you know, become a, you know, so whether we're talking to a person entry level in cybersecurity, a SOC analyst, or if they're, you know, more senior level or if they're like, hey, I want to start a cyber, like a cybersecurity business or I want to be a consultant like, you know, uh, like yourself. There's amazing money. But it's like there's work yep. that's involved. And I think that's that's so important to mention and to say so people aren't having this this thought process of. I'm going to jump straight in, just make all this money type of thing. It's like, yeah, you can. Are you willing to work for that money, though? Yep, exactly. And being on the consulting side, it takes a different a different type of thinking because most people have worked in IT roles where they've been told what to do. It's like, we need you to install those patches. We need you to update that system. Yeah. Consulting doesn't work like that. You need to be able to look at a problem and analyze and then determine what's going to be the best appropriate solution for that problem. Mm-hmm. And without experience, you can't do that. Man. So you've had a lot of different experiences in this industry. We, uh, love, I, literally, when we were out there, in the, in the, out there at the, by the island, we were talking, and I was hearing you share some of them, where you've had the opportunity to be in some amazing leadership roles. And I would love for you to kind of speak to that a little bit, because, again, it goes back to the component of, you know, hey, like how you even got to the level of being a consultant and then now also helping other people get into cybersecurity as well. So, man, if you could just speak to like, okay, you scaled, what are some of the opportunities and positions that you've been in? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first of all, I developed this um, idea many years ago 
because I've always been an entrepreneur, man. Since I was eight years old, I started a lawnmowing business, then selling books. So I was going to treat my business, I mean, my career like it was a business. Yeah. So I never looked at my employers like employers. They were clients to me. Ooh. And so I was, I've always been a consultant. Wow. Always been a consultant. So it actually helped me frame the way that I did in my next job. So I worked at the, the software company for three years. I did my internal consulting, helping the company get compliant with the PCI standard. And then I made the transition to American Airlines, mm-hmm. which was scary, man, because I'm 25 years old. I get hired as the senior security architect wow. for the world's largest airline. I go from a company that has 3,000 people being the sole security person to a company that has 120,000 people, 297 airports, offices all around the world and is on my shoulders. Terrifying. Whoa. Terrifying. And I'm assuming you being the, since you were a senior, you were no longer the sole, but so now there were like people that were essentially under you. Yes. So we had a team and under me, I had business analysts and I had um, a security coordinator, but like from a PCI standpoint, that was all we had. So I was having to travel all over the world doing security assessments, advising the different uh, departments on what to do, what changes to make with AA.com, what payment vendors we're going to use, having to advise the board of directors on um, status of the assessment. Because if we didn't pass, that impacts the shareholder prices because we was going to get fined by the bank and it was going to be public knowledge that American Airlines was not compliant. And then that now that hurts a lot of things. Exactly. That's why like it comes down to the business. And so like being in the like people don't understand. Look, I sat in the room with Doug Parker, the CEO for American Airlines and the board At, at that time I was making 150 K. And these people are making five, seven, ten million dollars, and they like they're listening to me. I was intimidated, Man. but I used all that as fuel for my next position. So I was at the PCI community meeting in Barcelona, and I bumped into this guy. He was like, "Are you Boyd Clues?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I've heard really good things about you from some people in the industry because the PCI industry is small." Yeah, I bet. He said, "You should come work for me." I was like, "No." He's like, you can come be a QSA, qualified security assessor. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was for them, but that also was for me because that was going to be my next question. Yep. So the, the QSA is actually the external auditor that comes and performs the assessment. Mm-hmm. Because if you think back to what I told you when I first got into security, the guy that was asleep was sleeping in front of the QSA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the, the, the person who told you to take that over, they were the QSA. No, no, no. The person that, that he was my manager. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, the QSA is the external consultant. Okay. So um, yeah, and I was only at that time at the software company. I was making like seventy k. Yeah. I didn't realize the QSA guy was making that much money, or I would have really been gung ho about it. But but anyway, so um, man, I became the the QSA um, for working with the company, and they gave me a base salary, one hundred eighty k plus bonuses and benefits. I'm traveling first class to Qatar, Australia. Everywhere I'm working with Walmart, Louis Vuitton. Ooh. It's like the man, like the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. I'm like telling them what to do. That's so crazy. And then, so like, it, it's rare. There's definitely not many people that look like us in yeah. the PCI space. The governing body that actually managed the standards, the PCI Council, they started reaching out to me. So then I started speaking at the conferences every year. So like, um, in Canada. In Dublin, Ireland, where else do I speak at? Um, Milan, yeah, 
Yeah, it was last year. So, man, I, I've been a few places. But, yeah, the, the influence and the expertise from that consulting thing really helped. Um, it turned my, my career around and actually generated um, generational wealth, man. Man. Bro, that's, bro, that's beautiful to hear that, dude. That's so beautiful to hear that, man. Bro, I, I love that so much. I mean, not just to see, man, just, you know, uh, just a young dude, a, a brother, you know, in this industry, but even like earlier, you know, before we started rolling cameras, you know, like I, I knew like, you know, you're married. So I love that. Um, hats off to you for that. Congratulations for that. Appreciate but you. also to know like, okay, man, you're, you're a man of God as well. Like you're, you know, you're in the church serving in the church and it's like, yo, just so many dope things, dude. And I just, I just love to see it. I love to see it so much. Uh, bro, would love to hear you kind of talk about how you're helping people make six figures without certifications. I know it's crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> when I uh, I decided to take the business online, so let me explain how this worked, right? So when I was the QSA, I had these two open recs, 150k base salary. I needed two QSAs to hire them mm-hmm. because I was principal, so like I was above the seniors. I was managing teams, and I was running seven or eight assessments at a time and working 100 hours a week. I was Ooh. burnt out man because i needed help but we could not find qualified people to do it i was like i got two jobs 150k you don't need a college degree if you can tell me that you can speak to this standard i will hire you and it didn't happen and so i was like you know what if they don't exist i will create them yeah because like every company that i went where i was the um, pci person the people I was talking to, the other IT guys, had never heard of it. I was like, bro, how have you been working here for 10 years? And we have to do this compliance assessment every year, and you ain't never heard of this. And that's when I started doing my research, and I realized how specialized it was and why most of the companies I was at was running into the problem. They didn't have the expertise. Man. So I specifically started, me and my wife, she's actually the president of our company. So my, my wife and I, we started the training company online and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. Because at first we were gonna like start doing some live stuff, but uh, the pandemic happened and we took it online. And so then we built out the training platform, brought in success advisors, um, we have an internship program. And so what we do is over a 12 month period, we train um, IT professionals. First, we start with the mindset. Like our training program doesn't just jump into tech stuff because most people aren't mentally ready to do this. They are not. So we actually have a mindset coach. So we go through authority mindset, trademark, you can't steal it. Um, (laughs) So we have the authority mindset training that we send them through. And then we start breaking down the PCI DSS standard. And once they get to a certain level in the program, we send them through an internship so they can actually work on security assessments because our company, the big beast Baxter Clue Cybersecurity has three heads. We have a consulting firm, which we do um, PCI consulting for companies. And then we have the training academy and then we launched the staffing agency. So mm-hmm. now we actually, um, we place QSA ready cybersecurity professionals at tech companies. Bro. <laughs> Man, that's, bro, I love that so much how the way that you went about, honestly, it it speaks a lot to just the way that you've kind of maneuvered even through the industry, where even when you were at principal level and you realize, okay, I'm having trouble finding people who can do this thing. And instead of you just throwing your hands up, 
you were like, wait, there's again, there's opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Again, just like we were just talking about earlier. It's like, okay, there's a challenge that, that, that I'm faced with, something seeming impossible, but it's like, oh no, actually there's an opportunity, you know, in the midst of this. And yep. it's like for you to find that and for you to realize it as an opportunity where you're like, oh man, this is a, a area, a way for me to help others get into the industry and be trained in some be trained in some stuff that Many who've been in this industry for years don't know how to do, and it makes them automatically unique and makes them valuable from jump. Yep. That's really incredible. Yeah. So um, one of the things that helped me realize that, so when I was at American Airlines, I had two business analysts there on the team. And so they like came straight out of project management. So they were just analyzing data and things. But I started training them and pushing them because I was overwhelmed there too. So I couldn't go to all the airports. So I started training them and sending them out to do assessments at the different locations and bring back the findings. And so when they would talk to me, I was like, they're really getting this. These are IT people and they are killing this. And so uh, me and my wife were at dinner one night. I was like, yo, I got this idea. It's crazy, but I think it'll work. I was like, we can blow this industry wide open yeah because i was like if it worked for those two people that didn't have any it experience they were Mm -hmm. just project managers and when i left american airlines they manage it still managing it and running it today i was like we can do something killer yeah so i sat them down and i actually interviewed them and asked them so like what things i shared with you made this click for you and so that's how i ended up building the curriculum yeah Yo, so cybersecurity is one of the most, if not the most, in-demand roles in tech. It's really incredible, high-paying career, as well as a type of career that companies do not let go of those that are in cybersecurity because they desperately need those that are in that role. Now, listen, y'all, a lot of y'all been asking us for months, yo, what's the best cybersecurity boot camp? Should we do this one? Should we do that one? Listen, there are a lot of good ones that are out there, but... The one that's been recommended to us the most that we've discovered is Baxter Cluis's Cybersecurity Bootcamp. Now, y'all, it's really incredible because his program, compared to most other boot camps that are out there, cybersecurity, they are $20,000, $25,000. He has a self-paced program, y'all, that is only $997. And this isn't something that I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just saying I believe it's great. I actually found out about it because I know someone who did the program and they were ranting and raving about how incredible it was. And that's why I had to connect with Baxter Cluis and ask them, hey, can you help our audience out with a discount? And so they're partnering with us to offer y'all a $100 discount. So that way, not only do you not have to pay the $20,000, $30,000, you can get $100 off that $997 price tag they already had. So look, use that discount if you want to do cybersecurity, which we think it's a dope industry, pays a lot. You want to do that, make sure you use our discount so that way you can save yourself a hundred bucks and we'll see you in tech. Bro, man, that's fire. I I love like even like that nugget of like how, like when it hit you, how it hit you that you saw evidence Mm -hmm. uh, with literally you had like basically some test subjects, saw how it worked out. You're like, yo, we can do this like many times over with other people and help others out. Man, so what are, I, w- I would love to hear just, man, just some like testimonials like from your program. Man, where do we start? Yeah. So, and, like, and I know that's a super curveball. So, no, no, so no, just letting cool. people know that cool. we didn't cool. prep for this. Okay, so like, I, I got to share this. Okay, okay. It took a while to get used to, man, because like, even though I offer mindset training to help people shift 
at each level that you progress to, you got to overcome your own mental barriers. So, mm-hmm. like, the same guy that I was before I was making 100K a year, mm-hmm. I had to evolve when I was making 150. Yeah. When I was making 200, I had to evolve. When I went to making seven figures, I had to evolve. When I went to making eight figures, I had to evolve. And so, um, <laughs> even though I knew I could help the people inside, I was like, what if this doesn't work? Yeah. Because I don't believe in taking anybody's money if I can't help you. That's why people have to apply to my academy. You got to go through an interview because I got to make sure you are right on. Yeah. And besides, you get my time. I don't like wasting my time. But. <laughs> <laughs> when we started four months in, we started getting the first results. People changed, um, people getting new jobs. Like we had one client, he had worked in IT like 10 years ago and he was working in a school district, wasn't making any money, man. Relationship with his wife was bad. His kids was bad because like the money struggle. Yeah. But he came through the program. He gave me his last money that he had on two credit cards. Four months later, he landed a job, and he sent me this video. He just pulled over on the side of the road. He was crying. It was eighty. It was eighty-five k, but he had only been making forty, right? But to him, that was everything. Yeah. And so, like, as the the testimonials start rolling, every time I would see my man, I'd just be sitting in the office just crying. So my team, they'd make fun of me. They're like, "What boy?" Probably over there crying in one of your <laughs> testimonials. <laughs> yeah. Because like I don't I don't do this for the money, man. I could just consult all day and me and my family, we would be yeah. good. But like being a part of people's lives yeah, being changed, man. the stories behind it, man, that literally gets me up because yeah. money does not motivate me. Yeah. It does not. Um, Bro, that's that's so real. I um I've shared this story a few times about how so it's funny is that like you mentioned a person crying over eighty five k. I remember my first tech office offer was ninety k, and I remember I was actually out at a I was at a Latin Latin like rooftop bar dancing, sat down you know to kind of let my legs rest a little bit because I ain't as young as I used to be. <laughs> And I just was like, um, random. I was like, I'm check my email, and I saw that the company had sent sent the offer letter saying, "Hey, yeah, we want to go ahead and hire you as an offer letter." And literally there at the club, I just started bawling. Shit hit I you, man. Ball. It was like 1 a.m. and I'm bawling. But um, to your other point about yo, you you get to a certain point money wise where yeah. Yeah, yeah, you want to make more money. You want to play the game. You want to set your 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 future family. You want to do all of that stuff. But it's like in terms of it moving you emotionally, it doesn't after a certain point. Right. And that was a point of depression for me because I was like, dang, like this making more money isn't making me happier. What am I? What's what's the purpose of life? You know, I started thinking mm-hmm. all these different things. And then I like to your point, there is nothing that tears me up more. Then, you know, people hitting me up saying, hey, I'm in tech. I got this offer. And, and it's their 85, 75, yeah. $100,000 offer. And it's like, man, because because that is something. And I resonate with you on that because that's something that you're like, yo, yeah, I'm making great money. I'm doing this. You know, and I be seeing, you know, you taking trips and stuff. You be taking five times as many trips as I be taking. <laughs> it's like, I see you living life. <laughs> but it's like the thing I read. What I resonate with you on is that like you you still. 
still want, you don't want to just enjoy life. You want your life to have meaning. 100%. And it's like there there really is no greater meaning in, in this world than like helping others and transforming 100%. other people's lives. So now, nah, bro, I'm right there, bro. If I, I see you in the office crying, like, hey, bro, you better go ahead and cry. I, I feel yeah. you. Hey, man, that's my service. So me and my wife, we are generous givers. Like last year, we donated over $200,000 to different charities and everything. Man. And this year, our plan is to do half a million, if not more, God willing. Yeah. So like supporting and just seeing people's lives change, man. Like that's what my purpose. It's all about fulfilling my purpose because I believe everybody was created with a purpose because the God I serve is very intentional. And so when I started living out my purpose, that's when my life became blessed. And I'm not here just to be blessed. I got to share it, man. 